and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Ron Wilson, CEO at InterviewStream and the host of TalentStorm, where we'll chat about everything that meets at the intersection of talent and organizational performance. We're focused on exploring the tips, tricks, and techniques for identifying and fostering talent and creating high-performance individuals, teams, and organizations. I'm excited to be joined today by Shelly Nelson. Shelly has an undergrad degree in psychology and sociology and a master's in human resources management. She has over 27 years of experience in human resources and talent acquisition as a consultant, practitioner, and executive leader. Shelly is presently the managing director of talent acquisition at Madison Industries. Shelly is also very active in serving on both company and industry boards. She is currently the past president of the board of directors for the Chicago chapter of the Society for Human Resources Management, otherwise known as SHRM. Shelly, welcome to the Talent Storm podcast. I'm honored to have you with me today. Thanks so much, Ron. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. So would you mind sharing with our listeners a bit more about your background, including, um, and more importantly, the exciting stuff you're doing today at Madison Industries? Sure thing. Uh, my career goes back uh, to the beginning. I, I started out at Levi Strauss and Company. Uh, that's where I, I started to get the bug for human resources and from then fell into more recruiting and more HR generalist positions. Uh, started my own consulting business for a couple of years and uh, came back as a, a practitioner. So a lot of different industries. Uh, this is the first time I'm in the manufacturing space with Madison Industries. Uh, couldn't be more excited to be part of this mission-driven organization. Uh, we are a holding company, so we have over 12,000 employees around the world in 45 countries, 200 facilities. Uh, currently 7 billion in revenue. So my job is essentially to hire all of the C-level executives for the 40 plus businesses um, in our family of businesses. Wow, that uh, definitely sounds like it keeps you busy without a yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I definitely love the background and you know, I wanted to lean into um, a bit about Madison Industries because I really love what you're all about. And, you know, right out, you know, out of the gate, right front and center on the page, you know, you're on a mission to make the world safer, healthier, and more productive by building entrepreneurially driven branded market leaders. I think that's such an awesome statement. And so obviously from my view, people and performance are critical to your success given what you do. And I'm just wondering if, if, you know, at, at a high level, you could maybe talk about what your approach is to recruiting the type of talent you need to drive this type of mission. Yeah, as you mentioned, Ron, it's a very mission-driven organization. So it's essential that uh, we find the best talent in the world to continue to bring our mission to, to more people and more places. And so one of the reasons I was excited to join the firm is because of our strategic approach to hiring. Um, it's much more about relationship building um, as it is specifically filling roles. So I would say more times than not, my conversations um, with individuals on a daily basis are more around pipeline talent uh, versus, again, looking for a specific role. And definitely have to give credit to our CEO and our leadership team. They definitely are my partner when it comes to finding the best talent and they're willing to invest their time to also build relationships with these individuals, which I think is so important. That's awesome. So, you know, relationship building is a foundational component to this and 
building relationships, not only specific to a targeted role that you have now, but for a potential targeted role in the future. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, just in the couple of years I've been here, we, we've hired a number of folks just based off of our interviews with them and our relationship with them, and we've crafted roles around them. So again, a much more strategic approach to hiring, and we have the luxury, again, of, of looking at you know over 40 different businesses uh, where we can find the right entry point for uh, these athletes, as we like to call them. We look for people with a lot of different skills and a lot of grit. Um, and again, just finding the right entry point is so important um, for them and for us, right? This is a mutual partnership. That's so fascinating for a variety of reasons. I mean, one is, I think it's a great message to actual candidates in that, you know, if you are a solid candidate and somebody who's passionate, committed, believe in something that you're doing and, you know, organizations like Madison Industries actually creates positions for, for, for great athletes, as you call them. And, yeah. um, and I think, I mean, what, what a different approach as a business to take. Yes, much different, different than any other uh, company that I've been involved in. That, 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 is, uh, that is awesome. I, I, I really love to hear that because I think that's, you know, it's important because, you know, people are what really make the difference. And you, you all certainly understand that and have leaned into that. I'm wondering from, um, from an interviewing perspective, you know, are there, are there anything that you do to help like validate, vet out this type of talent? I mean, are there any, you know, tips or tricks that you, you could share with, you know, how you go about engaging with these athletes and really, you know, confirming that they're at the level you need them or they're capable of doing, you know, what you need uh, them to do? Yeah, I guess I would go back to more of the uh, relationship building. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so mm. really understanding that finding the best talent is going to take time. Um, and if all of our leaders didn't understand, or I should say, believe in that philosophy, we'd probably be having a different conversation. Um, but because they are, again, they're willing to invest their time, um, get to know uh, people on a personal and professional basis. Um, in terms of, you know, uh, mission driven, I mean, there's a lot of great talent out there, right? But we're, we're very focused on finding people who are mission driven. It doesn't matter if they're the best talent in the world. If that's not in their DNA, it's just not going to work uh, within our culture. Um, so that can be difficult, right? You can find the best person in the world, but at the end of the day, if they're not aligned with your mission, uh, that's definitely a, a deal breaker. Yeah, that, that makes uh, that makes complete sense. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, culture, cultural alignment, I think perhaps is the most important alignment that you need to ensure for somebody to onboard, engage and be successful, I think, throughout their tenure. Yeah, and there's also, um, I'll say there's three attributes that we interview for. Um, one is trust. Two is bias for action, and three is entrepreneurial. So the trust piece is self-explanatory, right? We do what we say and we say what we do. Um, the bias for action is just as important because what that means to us is there's nothing beneath us, literally nothing. If we see something that needs to get done, we're gonna roll up our sleeves, we're gonna get our hands dirty. You know, we don't have hierarchy and, and bureaucracy, and so we really Love expect it. our leaders who come in to be equally as strategic as they are tactical. 
So, you know, I do interview a lot of executives coming out of, you know, Fortune 100, Fortune 500 firms, um, and many of them are, are stellar, right? But if they're oh, yeah. used to delegating to large teams and that's their comfort level, there's nothing wrong with that at all, but that's just right. not going to work uh, within our organization. Um, and then that last piece, entrepreneurial, it doesn't mean we're necessarily looking for talent out of startups. If they have that experience, that can only be beneficial. But our definition of that is really having a curious mindset and being innovative and creative and thinking about new and different ways of doing things. So those are the, the three pillars that we base all of our hiring decisions on. I, I love it. I love it. We, we, uh, you, you hit one of our core values in our company, you know, be curious. So that, that kind of fits into the entrepreneurial. Okay. One of our other core values, ironically, is be trustworthy. So it's, um, but you know, okay, another one is have fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> That has to be, that always has to be one of the attributes. I agree. I agree. I mean, I always tell people, you know, if you're not having fun and enjoying what you do yeah. and who you do it with and for, then why are you doing it? You know, and obviously yeah, people who do more. have, yeah, you know, people who do have that, that purpose, you know, purpose-driven, mission-driven people really, um, and, you know, I love when you bring a, a, a collective group of people together, it's amazing what, what you can make happen. And it sounds like, you know, Madison exemplifies that with, uh, with what you all do. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'd, I'd love to switch gears a little bit and, and really talk about um, your culture. And I know one of the things, you know, doing some research uh, about you and your company was you have a culture that focuses on coaching others to reach their highest potential, which I think is awesome. I mean, I like the way I interpret that is you, you guys are on a mission to help everybody be the best versions of themselves. And, um, and I'd really love yeah. to understand, you know, yeah. how do you go about doing that? You know, are there formal, informal programs, you know, how, and, and, and then also the nuances of being a global company and not only a global company, I mean, you have different industries and that, that are within your company, you know, so there's different, yeah, I'm wondering if there's different nuances around that or if there's, you know, commonality. Sure, that's a great question, and that one is a little um, a little harder to answer. And I say that because I mentioned entrepreneurial is, is one of our pillars. The way that Larry Geese, our founder, has set up Madison is much more of a Berkshire Hathaway model. So all of these businesses are operating very autonomously, right? They're running their own P&Ls, they're running their own management teams, they're making their own decisions. Whereas we, um, Madison, we act just as a resource from the center versus any sort of top-down approach. And so when these businesses come into Madison, by no means are we handing them a playbook and saying, this is how we expect you to operate, right? It's, it's very much the opposite. We're just mm -hmm. offering them resources from the center. So I, I use that um, to, to tie into to your question of, you know, are there some shared resources? I mean, we, we provide um, the venue and the communication um, vehicles, I guess, to, uh, to, um, to let all of our businesses know where the opportunities are within the organization. We also only hire leaders who are willing to work themselves out of a job. It's all about succession planning, making your team um, better leaders and there's always going to be a place for you because if you think about it you know there's over 40 different businesses so if you work yourself out of a job there's always another entry point for you so you don't have that fear of well i don't want to you know leave my team to to take over my role because then you know what's 
what's for me next. Um, so it's a fine line of, of hiring the right people who have the right mindset to be great leaders. And then also leading by example and, and showing how much um, we promote um, internally and move people across the organization. Um, I'll never forget when I started, I actually brought in a president to run one of our businesses. And in my past life, if I had brought in a president or a C-level person, uh, they would typically stay and retire in that role or they'd go do the exact same thing somewhere else, right? Whereas here, just in less than two years, I've already seen this person promoted twice, once to become a group president over three different businesses, and then most recently to become the president of our largest business. So that's just one of many examples. And so when other people in the organization see that, um, that's, that's, leadership, right? And, and that's who they can aspire to be. And that's the opportunity that they can create for their teams. I, I, I love what you tied together there because what I just gathered from, from what you said is it all starts in the hiring process with, you know, the culture that you have and that you've created really starts in the hiring process with mm -hmm. what it is you look for in people and then how you go about cultivating that throughout the process. And, you know, in the statement I thought was very poignant that you made earlier was it's a marathon, not a sprint. You take a longer view approach to this. Whereas I see, you know, conscious bias here, very macro level generalization I'm about to make. <laughs> so I have to caveat that. I, I get it. But I think a lot of companies, when it comes to recruiting, they're focused on efficiency. How do I get people in as fast as possible, regardless of whether that's the right person in the right role, or they could be the right person in the wrong role, or worst case, or the wrong person right. in the right or wrong role, <laughs> you know, and, and, right. and, it, and it seems like, you know, you've, you've learned or you've, you've known or, you know, it, because I just don't see a lot of people doing this. You know, I see a lot of people when I talk to talent acquisition people, it's like, hey, how do I just need to get people in quick? I got hiring people banging on the door. They need people in and I'm just trying to get people in fast. And I'm like, well, how yeah. are you looking at the long term view of this? Yeah. And, and so, you know, it just it's fascinating how it seems like you guys take a long, longer term view. And I'd and I would suspect that you have a uh, you know, relatively low avoidable and dysfunctional turnover in your organization. Yeah, no, it's interesting that you say that because I, I think a lot of talent acquisition teams are, um, are judged based on metrics such as time to fill, right? And how many roles were filled per month and, and all of those traditional models. Um, but with us, you know, no one's asked me in the last two years, uh, what was the time to fill this position or, or how many people have you talked to? I mean, that it's more about quality than quantity. Um, Love it. So it's, yeah, it's a much more strategic way of hiring. And I'm really enjoying it. Oh, I love it. And, and I, I agree. I mean, it's all about quality over quantity and you bring in the right people and amazing outcomes and things happen, and especially people who share similar values and traits and characteristics, which, you know, is something you're obviously hyper-focused on and, and I share a passion for as well. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, I'd, um, I'd like to switch gears a little bit because, you know, I know you're involved in something that I think is really awesome. I was unaware of before I started doing research for you. And, you know, it's generally near and dear to my heart. And that's, you know, you're doing something with veterans in the military. And, and, and I have a, a passion for this as well, because I think, you know, there's a huge population of people 
that come into our labor market on a routine basis that most people don't understand. And those people, you know, the the military veterans that are coming in aren't afforded the opportunity of, you know, how to represent themselves, how to translate their military experience into civilian world and whatnot. So I'd really love to to have um, you share a bit about Project Relo and uh, what it's all about and kind of how you're involved and yeah, no, thank you for asking. Uh, Project Relo is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, a couple of veterans in my family, uh, but I really stumbled into it because I met um, a gentleman who was the executive director of Project Relo. He had just a fascinating story. And so um, I asked him to come and speak to a couple of our uh, Chicago SHRM conferences uh, just to help educate our HR professionals on hiring veterans. And so that's where it, that's where it started. Eventually, uh, they asked me to be on on the board, uh, which I'm so honored to be a part of the organization. And, you know, we help um, executives uh, pair up with military leaders and really change the narrative on hiring veterans. Uh, so pre-COVID, of course, uh, we would run four missions a year in Grayling, Michigan, which is actually one of the largest military uh, sites in the U.S. And we've got such a great relationship with the base there that we would actually bring these executives, pair them up with military leaders, we'd be on the base, actually training in the facilities. We'd go out on missions in the base camps, which is really interesting. We'd be riding, you know, ATVs um, through a lot of uh, different scenarios, and we'd be sleeping in tents for three nights and sitting around the campfire. And you can imagine the conversations and the stories and um, just the relationships that are built in such a short period of time. And so by the time these executives leave after three days, they're completely transformed into thinking, you know, what a veteran could bring to their organization, not really understanding it. Um, and then understanding that these are some of the most tremendous leaders we could ever hire. I mean, <laughs> they're getting the best leadership training in the military and to be able to bring them in your organization, it's a business imperative. It's not a, a nice thing to do, right? So it's it's really changing that narrative. And then back to uh, tying it back to talent acquisition, it can be difficult for uh, TA professionals if um, they're not used to the veteran, um, you know, jargon or language, right, on a, a resume. And so some people may pass that by because they might not understand it. And so sometimes it's just as, um, simple as educating your TA professionals on, on how to either interpret that or more importantly, um, we're trying to help veterans and there's a lot of organizations out there that are helping them transform their resumes. So it's more of a, a civilian type of, um, you know, background or, or civilian speak uh, for lack of a better word. Um, you know, and, and a couple things, I mean, I've learned so much for the, from the organization, but I think what's hit me most is realizing that these military leaders, you know, come out of situations where literally their brother or their sister would die for them and has their back all the time coming into an organization and having to put that trust on your teams. I mean, that's just, I, I can't, Put my mind around that yet because I've never been in that situation but um, I think it takes for us to be understanding and compassionate and really just listen it's it that that's I mean it, gosh my head spinning in, in in so many different directions around it because I'm just you know first thinking you know what it must be like for a military leader to to, to come into corporate America 
where the trust may or may not be kind of all there and how people operate may be not as consistent as they're used to in the military because in the military, it's life or death often. I mean, right. you know, so that, that, that's very, uh, very fascinating. But I'm also very, I was, I was intrigued right away. It's in Grayling, Michigan, because I'm actually in Michigan and I had no idea that the base in Grayling was something that, you know, where you, you know, are, are doing this. So I think that's yeah. you know, am amazing to know it's, you know, I've got this in my backyard, just a bit up north from where yeah. I'm at. And, and there's this wonderful program in place. Um, you know, how can, how can organizations get involved in this? I mean, what would you say, you know, other, you know, folks listening on, uh, you know, to the podcast, I mean, how could they get involved um, to, to help? Um, sure. So a couple of ways, they can certainly go to our project reload.org, our website, they can reach out to me personally. Um, you know, we're actually trying to figure out what 2021 is going to look like uh, because of COVID. So I think we're actually going to have a lot more opportunities for people to get involved uh, versus just the missions. And so more to follow on that. Um, but yes, if anyone is interested, they can certainly reach out to me directly. All right, cool. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll add some of that in the show notes here. So I love what you said as far as it's an imperative today. And I would submit it's probably a competitive advantage for organizations that lean into this and really go out and seek this, you know, the military leaders and the military talent that's out there because of what, you know, the discipline, the trust, you know, the, uh, the outcome-based, mission-based, you know, um, DNA that I, that I believe these people, you know, exude and bring into a company. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and managers also need to be aware, you know, sometimes just with any employee, right? Not just a veteran, but you need to, you need to know your audience and you need to know mm -hmm. what their preferences are. You need to know how they learn, what their style is. A lot of folks who do come out of the military, it's more of that command and control. So if they're walking into a startup situation, that can be really overwhelming, right? Oh, yeah. um, but it might be as simple as just having multiple check-in points, you know, here's, here's what we expect you to do, or here's what's next on the list, you know, whatever their learning preference is. But um, to just avoid it or think that they're failing is, um, is the worst thing that we can do. Yeah, I, I love what you said there too, is, you know, from a leadership standpoint, being adaptable and flexible to your team, you know, whereas, you know, versus being the same way in all scenarios with all people and not realizing, you know, while we all have many commonalities, we also have differences. And the more you kind of understand and foster that as a leader, you know, the better off you will, you, you will be because diversity in teams, I believe, and I know there's countless studies that continue to show diversity in teams actually produce greater results. Um, so yes. you know, people need to continue to lean into that. I love it. Yeah. Well, I know, um, you know, we've covered a lot of different things. Is there anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap up? Uh, no, I will say, just from a talent perspective, a gentleman that I met on the mission that I went on about a year and a half ago, someone I stayed in touch with, we actually just hired him within Madison. So that was just another success story of, of you know, meeting him, building a relationship, and then waiting for that right entry point. And the fact that he came out of the military and that I met him at Project Relo was, was just a bonus. And again, because you have that marathon long game perspective, you were able to eventually, you know, find a, find a great spot for, for a great talent. I love it. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time today. I think this was an amazing conversation. I'd really like to thank you for your time and insights today. I, I, I truly believe I could I could talk to you for hours about this stuff. Um, uh, yeah, same here, Ron. I, I really am honored to be on the show. I appreciate it. So um, you, you had mentioned, uh, you know, listeners um, connecting with you. What, what would be the best way uh, for them to connect? Um, they can connect with me on LinkedIn or they can email me at snelson at madison.net, N-E-T. Awesome. Well, uh, as I mentioned, we'll also put that in the show notes. Well, everyone, that's a wrap for our conversation with Shelly Nelson. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you prefer to get your stream. We'd also really appreciate it if you provide us with a rating and review. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to contact us at talentstorm at interviewstream.com. Shelly, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks, Ron. It's all good. Cheers, everyone.